0: Hello and welcome to This Way Up. In this series, I talk to a number of leading women in the creative industry, looking specifically at the good, the bad and the ugly of their career. I believe it's by sharing frank stories that we can collectively support each other and make the journey up a little less hard. In this episode, I talk to Rania Robinson, CEO and managing partner of the award-winning ad agency Quiet Storm. Rania was born in Cairo, Egypt, and she arrived in the UK at three years old. She started primary school without knowing a word of English. She lists her ability to get comfortable with feeling uncomfortable as one of her superpowers, something she attributes to this experience. And unknowingly, this sets her up perfectly for the world of advertising. We talk at length about how she landed in advertising and how she felt directionless after leaving school at 16 and going from job to job. That was until she got her first proper break at the big ad agency, Billington Cartmel. But things went easy. However, that didn't deter Rania, who went on to successfully work her way up the ranks, progressing in different planning, strategy and production roles. We also talked about how having children helped her gain a different perspective, Recognizing that the industry wasn't compatible with being a mother and deciding instead to go freelance so she could be in charge of her hours. And of course, we talked about the dynamics of working with her husband, Trevor Robinson, who originally founded Quiet Storm 25 years ago. She was only supposed to help out for a pitch and thought because of their relationship, it wouldn't work long term. However, she realized this relationship would be a huge strength. It means there's no bullshit between them. They go straight to the point to get to decisions, meaning they can concentrate on creating memorable work for their clients. I hope you gained as much as I did from this conversation. So without further ado, let's go straight to it. You'll never take it. You'll never take it. Hello. Hi. I thought we could start the podcast, where you were born, because that's had quite a big impact on you.
1: Yeah, um, I was born in Heliopolis in Cairo, um, but came to uh, England at the age of three. We came to a very kind of, uh, sort of lovely, white, middle-class mm-hmm. town called Salisbury in Wiltshire, which is beautiful, um, lovely, but it's actually a city because it have got a cathedral, but, um, it's got that kind of slight sort of little sort of town-like yeah, feel absolutely. to it. Um, yeah, so, so, came to Salisbury at the age of three. My, my dad was a doctor and he got, um, an opportunity to come to England and mm. there big sort of shortage of doctors at that time. And, um, And you know, so I I came over when I was three. Uh, My first real kind of memory um, as a child, really, because it was such a kind of powerful memory, was when I first my first day at school. Um, And I was a a summer baby, so I was quite young uh, when I started school. So yeah, so um, so I was I was probably I think probably about three or four, if I remember rightly. I think it was kind of probably maybe nursery into reception. But um, one of the things that sort of for me that sort of never really uh, the memory that's never really left me is that I couldn't speak a word of English when I first mm. my first day of school. I, you know, I'd come from my with with my family from Egypt. I'd been kind of in the cocoon of family life where my parents spoke Arabic, mm. and so um, so it was a really I remember that kind of really strange feeling being yeah. dropped off at school, and my mum was about to leave me, and I was clinging to her for dear life, um, and just being very very aware. That I was unable to kind of really communicate yeah, with the people. Yeah, I, I couldn't. No. I couldn't speak. You know, I couldn't. I can imagine. Um, and I remember because I went to a Roman Catholic school, which was really also very kind of confusing because um, my family are Muslim. So, wow. uh, so I was in a strange place yeah. um, in an environment that was very kind of different to anything I'd ever mm. kind of really known. And I think I can understand why my, my parents chose it because in a in a place where there's no Islamic kind of faith or culture yeah. or, or you know they wanted me in an environment that. Had some sense of faith, mm. so uh, so I can sort of understand. Like, and sort of conversations I had with my mum later on um, about it was mm. um, that 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 was the reasoning by. It. But but so I was in an environment that was kind of strange. I couldn't speak the language, um, and I remember actually distinctively sitting in the uh, in in um, in our kind of morning assembly, yeah. and it would be you know everyone had open their Kind of hymn books and yeah. starts, and I, and I couldn't read a, a word of the hymn book, so um, so yeah, that's quite a sort of yeah. uh, a, traumatic. Trauma, a trauma, traumatic memory. Why did you go to Roman
0: Catholic school considering? You
1: know? Yeah, I think because well, yeah, I think it was a bit of a strange choice to go to, but I, my parents, I think, wanted me in an environment where there was a sense of faith, right. some Some sort that's of faith, lovely. um, <laughs> which you know, which is confusing I think, yeah. lovely but confusing at the you same know, time, <laughs> um but it was it was it was it's something i think an experience that has really defined yeah. me and the way i approach things and and how i have kind of uh, i think even some ways why i've ended up where i've ended up today in terms okay. of in profession way? and well i think one of the things that it really a major effect it had was this kind of real desire and interest in being able to connect with people yeah, and okay. finding ways to even Community. if you don't understand, you, that, yeah. So yeah, and, and it, what it teaches you is this real kind of sense of trying to find ways to connect, which is kind of you know finding understanding behavior, understanding motivations, understanding empathy, and yeah. you know, ways to kind of um, emotionally engage with people yeah, and, and kind of fit in yeah. in an environment where you really don't fit in and you feel completely yeah. um, you know so that, that, that's one thing I think and I've had a lifelong interest in kind of psychology mm. and human behaviour and communication and yeah, all those things and awesome. so there's, there's been a lot of stuff that's driven that I think from a, from a young age and I think the other thing as well is this kind of ability to feel quite uncomfortable like be comfortable with feeling uncomfortable oh wow that's uh, great that's so, so that is that's something amazing. that's becoming very handy i think in recent years in fact my whole career um but i but yeah. but yeah it because because i can see the psychology between mm.
0: uh advertising marketing and being able to understand your client and your audience yeah. and having that empathy yeah. Yeah. we're in that a people skill. industry yeah, we're completely.
1: in a complete people industry whether that's you know, your team, your staff, team well, whether yeah. it's kind of other, you know, inter- interagency mm. relationships, it's client, it's understanding consumers, consumer yeah. behaviour. So I think for me, people, understanding people is probably one of the most critical skills oh, in our business. I, I couldn't agree um, more. I
0: mean, that's why I started the podcast. I yeah. love it so much. Yeah. But yeah, and, and did you... Did you find the fitting in just
1: sort of happened quite quickly? Yeah, then I, mean, I mean, to be honest with you, outside of that sort of initial memory, I can't remember kind of anything past that other yeah. than being fluent in it, you know, so I don't, I mean, I picked up the language obviously yeah. very quickly, which of you course, do at that yeah. age, you, you do naturally. Um, so so really, you know, past that particular kind yeah. of moment, um, yeah, I, I think I kind of integrated fairly easily after mm. that, but I think there was always that slight underlying sense of feeling of being different yeah, um, and at times feeling un- you know a bit awkward and uncomfortable, uncomfortable with that with um, but but no I mean I always you know I never had problems making friends and right. it wasn't you know the, the there wasn't really um, it didn't have a kind of negative net no. effect but I just remember the feelings and the emotions that of came course. with
0: it. And did you sort of um, like the English culture
1: did you sort of you know, was there any... Yeah, I mean, I embraced it wholeheartedly, to be honest with you, yeah. yeah. The thing that I, I think I, you know, uh, we, we touched on this earlier before, um, uh, before starting. was this, yeah. yeah, before starting, that um, what it did make me do was really kind of question kind of my religious background. Right, Because having come from an Islamic family and then also uh, going to a Roman Catholic yeah. school, they're both quite yeah. um, kind of... Different? They're, they're, they're very different but they also have very very strong ritualistic very strong mm. kind of religious kind of um philosophies yes. and, you know so and there's you know and there's obviously i mean roman roman catholic is probably one of the more oh, uh, kind of classic kind of yeah uh, and oh, i'm trying to find the right word for it but kind of potentially quite rigid yeah you know absolutely. um and is i mean my parents weren't you know very kind of fundamentalist no. in their views or anything like that but and actually they very much embraced western culture mm. as well um but they you know they had some very strong principles like yeah. any you know any sort of strong relig- you know religious kind of um does so i think for me that that's something i questioned at a very young age yeah. um and, and then, how did you come out of that did you i think religion? for me i just i just chose it wasn't yeah i thought okay. it wasn't for me yeah. it just wasn't for me um and I questioned a lot. Mm. You know, it made me question things because there were so many contradictions. And yeah. and and I, and I don't know. I think being in an environment or in a, in a growing up in a place where there wasn't that Islamic community, yeah. maybe things would have been different. Maybe if I'd grown up within a yeah. Islamic community. But I think I was always quite a questioning child. Yeah. Anyway, I didn't take things at face value. I didn't. Say well that Would just because you say it, it doesn't make it yeah. so. So, and that's something that's very much still very much part of yeah.
0: It's really needed in the world of advertising as well. It is constantly yeah. questioning, Absol- yeah. be curious about things.
1: Absolutely. So yeah. So, can you
0: paint me a picture of you sort of growing up in this little town? And yeah. did you did you leave it quite early on? Or?
1: Um, well, actually, I kind of my whole I feel like my whole life has been quite sort of unconventional all my roots to, to, to where I've ended up has been quite unconventional okay. quite unplanned so I my parents were both very academic you know my mum yeah. had a teacher my dad was a doctor um, my brother's an engineer my sister's subsequently gone on to be sort of child psychologist so I've grown up in a family of strong yeah. academia and um in a, you know in a town that you know again you don't kind of hasn't got that kind of cultural media kind of um, environment that, that London has mm. so I, I grew up with a kind of a real kind of sense that um slightly a fish out of water again not yeah. just from my cultural background but I went to a you know grammar school because like, you know that's what academic parents do they try and send yes. you to a very academic school well not all of them obviously but my, my parents did that and um and so I was in a very very sort of in a family of academics, an academic um, school, envi- school environment, and I just it didn't sit right. No. It just never sat right with me, you know. So I I was always a bit of a loss of what I wanted to be, where mm. I wanted to go, what I wanted to do. Did you my feel life. like the black sheep? A I felt like a complete black <laughs> sheep in the family, and I used to watch, you know, Top of the Pops and um, yeah you know watch the ads i mean i used to love the ads on tv i enjoyed them you know Mm. kind of more than some of the programming and you know advertising back in the sort of late 70s early 80s was amazing so good and and my mum used to say to me you know if you could learn your lessons as well as you could learn these (laughs) ads because i'd recite them and repeat them so i i was very very engaged with kind of the media yeah Kind of world without really understanding it. To me, it was like it's like this alternate universe Mm. that I kind of don't know where this kind of stuff happens. But yeah, you know, it's so I didn't really ever feel like that. I that was something that maybe I might be able to get into one day. I didn't kind of feel like um, there was an opportunity for me to get into that type of profession. And because you know, my parents, I didn't have parents or anyone. I didn't know anybody in that uh, world. That it was kind of so. I, I spent many many years. Directionless, really mm-hmm. directionless. Because I knew Where what Where did I, you go? Well, so so I finished school, at which school wasn't a brilliant experience for me because yeah. it was so academically driven, and I was just disengaged with it. Yeah, I was I was and I, so so you know so that wasn't you know yeah. I didn't do brilliantly at school. Uh, I kind of did enough to get by, but yeah. I wasn't really engaged with it. So I kind of. When you're sort of directionless, it's quite mm-hmm. hard to go right. Well, I'm going to go to university. Well, what am I going to study? I don't know yeah. what I'm going to study because I don't really know what I want to do. And um, so I just so I decided to kind of opt out. I, what I, one thing I did kind of want to do at quite a young age was just to be independent. I wanted to get out of home, get my own place. Uh, my par- my parent, my mum was quite strict. I lost my dad when I was very young, yeah, um, yeah. but my mum was still quite strict, mm-hmm. and that's the kind of Islamic sort of mm. background that that was coming through which was you know she didn't like me going out too often and I couldn't have boys like ring the house or have boyfriends or any of those things so I had this really strong urge to sort of be independent and be free and break out so for me getting a job was was the way to do that yeah and we did actually move to London at the age when I was 16 I think I was about 16 because my mum uh, got a job, um, she was an Arabic teacher, an Islamic teacher, mm. so she got a job in a private uh, academy in London, because right. obviously they didn't have anything like that in Salisbury, no. so she moved us to London, and um, and I kind of did a year at college, I did a kind of BTEC national course, I wanted something quite vocational, mm. anything that I thought could get me into a job quite quickly, yeah. um, and I started it and didn't really finish it, because again, I was sort of not really yeah, sure yeah. what I wanted to do, and... Um, So I thought okay well I'll do a secretarial course Because actually in those days Everyone had secretaries You could go into any profession as a secretary And I did shorthand and I did typing And and then that for me It was quite a strategic choice It was a thought through choice in the sense that I thought well I don't really know what I want to do But I know that if I get this I can get a job and I can get a job anywhere so, so that's what I did and, and at the age of 18 I was 18 a girlfriend of mine had started working at Virgin Vision which was mm-hmm. at the time it was um, one of it was Richard Richard Branson's sort of first sort of early businesses and it was a, a kind of um, VHS yeah, uh, right. uh, company um, and I worked in the sort of sales anatomy because my friend was there and she said well, you know they're yeah. looking for people do you want why a job, job? So, so I thought okay well I'll just try it why not it's like it yeah. sounds kind of media-ish and it's kind of within yeah. kind of the film world. So um, so I, I went in there. Actually sorry before that, I forgot actually before that I did do a secretarial job at a music publishing company. Right. So I knew I wanted to be in music, film, media, something related to yeah. that. Um, and this music publishing job came up, and, and I, I went there, and I did six months, and then this other opportunity came up at, at Virgin Media, which I took, and I absolutely loved it
0: there.
1: Mm. Um, that kind of entrepreneurial culture, it was still, uh, it was, you know, yeah. sort of founding, startup business, um, and...
0: Did you find that you had a bigger role within it? Is that why... That-
1: well no well it was it was very much a kind of admin role yeah, initially and I think for me it was just right I'm in an environment that gets me excited mm-hmm. which is kind of video yeah. and film and you know um and I was sort of probably not in the right role at that point and I and I there was the market, the sales department and the marketing department and I was in the sales department right. and I would sort of see what the marketing guys were doing and I said oh well, that looks kind of a bit more interesting and that looks like a bit more fun so and I think that that's very much what sort of informs my career yeah, in some so ways. Like
0: curiosity, it's how curiosity. Do so I was a bit like,
1: okay, um, they look like they're having a lot more fun yeah. than me. So um, this marketing thing sounds interesting. So I then decided I would try and get into a marketing agency. Right. And at that point, I didn't really understand the difference between brand marketing yeah. and agency marketing. Mm. I didn't really no, kind of. If you don't know
0: that well, it's yeah, I had absolutely no idea. Yeah.
1: So. I thought, right, well, I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll go and get a secretarial job or, you know, yeah. a job in a marketing agency. And I, and I, I remember going to a, a kind of recruitment agency and I told them what I wanted to do. And you know, I did my tu- mm. t- touch typing test and my shorthand test. And and I ended up in an agency called Billington Cartmel, who are now a yeah. human, mm. um, as a runner, kind of runner, receptionist, right. sort of, um, you to know, just everything. general helper. Yeah. And it was there, really, that I kind of had a really, really clear sense mm. of this is what I want to do.
0: What do you mean by you had a clear sense? Did you know the exact role you wanted
1: to do? Yeah, well, what, what, they were a very, very creative agency. Mm. Um, at the time, they were multi-award winning. And right. it was a small startup. Again, it was, uh, I think, 15, 12, 13 yeah. people when I joined. And I was working. I was basically typing up all the proposals. So they, 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 at oh, that okay. time, you'd literally Great. handwrite yeah. them and you'd get them. And, they would, and I would get so excited about the ideas mm-hmm. and I'd get so excited about the thinking behind it and all the insights and the stuff. Yeah. And I was just... So that just inspired me. I was like, this is it. This yeah. is what I want to do. And I think for me, I wasn't really necessarily 100% sure what role, um, but I just knew that I wanted to be more involved in yeah. any way I possibly could mm-hmm. be in kind of making these ideas happen. real and happen. Yeah. So... Um, I was very, very lucky to have had two people within the organisation that really kind of mentored me and championed mm. me and supported me. Because at the time, um, they had a very fixed policy in the right. agency, which was you've got to have a degree and you've mm. got to have three years' experience in marketing to come really? in as an account manager.
0: Oh, I see. So you, yeah. you did decide to go into account...
1: Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. So, no, I... um Well, no, because I just came in as a runner. So at the time... Um, they wouldn't. They, they were very fixed in the view that right. I'm not going to progress in this this agency because um, they had a very fixed idea of what an account manager right. needed in order to qualify yeah, for yeah, the yeah. role. So, they, like I said, they had to have three years experience and a degree of which I had neither. Yeah, and I was just. Um,
0: and so how did you feel? Like So obviously these mentors, were yeah. they men or women?
1: Uh... One of each, actually. Okay, great. I had one of each, which was brilliant. And actually the partners of the of the business were quite fixed in, in their thinking. Right. And I, I think from their mind it was, you don't qualify. Right. And, and they weren't um, necessarily Flexible. encouraging. They right. weren't necessarily encouraging of me going into that role. But with like, any small independent business that's growing, which they yeah. were... You couldn't have a choice. They didn't have a choice. As what, there's, there's just too much going on, and I was yeah. like, "I'll do that. I'll do that. Let me help. I'll do that." So I was just lucky um, that I had a couple of very progressively yeah. minded people that just gave me opportunities. Absolutely, but it sounds to me
0: that you also are one of those people who put their hands up. Hundred percent. And you had the energy and yeah. the drive and everything else, which. Yeah. You know, I think that's quite a good piece of advice for anyone that's sort of starting out is yeah. don't wait for opportunities to come to you, go after them. No,
1: definitely I'm I was there's a number of things really that I kinda need you need to have kind of got you off the reception desk if you like, mm. into the account team. And for me it was persistence. Yeah. I was so persistent. I mean I knew that really it wasn't against company policy, mm. that the owners didn't necessarily kind of back me yeah. in, in that but I was just very very persistent the other thing is identifying and understanding who can who's going to help you yeah who's going to give you an opportunity and I was very good at that as well um, in terms of going like you know these guys um, have got the right kind of mindset mm. the right sort of sensibility identifying ways that you can help so yeah. I was you know I could see where there was kind of overspill and there was tensions and pressures and I was able to come in and say, Can I help with this particular yeah. thing? Or can I help with this particular thing? Um, and yeah, and so I think there's a number of things, and also making sure you're in the right environment. Mm. You know, and certainly, you know, I wouldn't have got that opportunity in a big networked agency no. or, in a, or in a corporation or the fact that it was small, independent, mm. entrepreneurial. It just meant that, and, and in growth and yeah. a business in growth. Meant that there was just, it was just the right environment at the right time as well. Um, So I, so I, 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 it was a part, it was partly, you know, being, putting yourself in the right place Place and putting yourself forward. Yeah. And that really was, that what, that just changed my Mm. career. That was transformational for me, that one. Experience because I then went on to work with both of those individuals actually in different organisations later on in really? my career, wow. and then it just accelerated, and, that, and then it all went from there. Yeah. So yeah.
0: But before we go into that, do you, do you, were you fearful at any point that you couldn't do the job, or no, was I was it like, like
1: I was completely fearless and at where that, did that age. Come from? Well, I, I think again because I've just been in so many challenging situations. situations. You know, then. I'd I'd grown up. You know, I started, you know, my school life not being able to speak English and being feeling yeah. uncomfortable constantly. I I'd lost my dad at a very young age, which is something you yeah, you know you have to sort of yeah. come to terms with at a very young age. So to me it just It was
0: nothing. It was nothing it was yeah, and
1: I was so sort of I had such a clear sense of purpose for the first mm, time, actually. That exactly. yeah, relief Yeah I was like, this is it, this is what I wanna do. And when you when you've been sort of directionless for most yeah. of your Young life, if if you like, and I was like, right, that's it. I knew exactly what I wanted to do, and you know, so no, I, I was I was fearless, yeah. and I think to be honest, with you, there's an element of naivety that oh, comes does. with fearlessness. The yeah. more experienced you become, and the more you know, actually, the more in some ways the more, more you worry frightened. about and I'm the more frightened because so you you recognise how little you know yeah. <laughs> and how much more you could know, and you know, how, so um, so I think yeah, I was a bit probably Ooh. a little bit kind of. Young and foolhardy and yeah. like, overconfident, maybe, but it stood me in good stead because yeah. I think if I thought about it too much, I, I just, you just I would have found a hundred reasons trying. not to yeah. not to go for it.
0: And where did you go after that? Then you had the confidence to leave. So I had left? the confidence to leave because yeah. I
1: knew I would never be. I'd never get the, the, the kind the, of the, the, the recognition long. that right. I wanted it in 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 there. Uh, and so I felt that for me it was important that I left. Yeah. And actually, that is when I did have a bit of a confidence crisis. Actually, is when I went and took a job at another agency, DMBMB. and I've forgotten remember. all my initials. Yeah. But um, there were there were actually an offshoot, a company called Dialogue. Right. Uh, they were based um, outside London but it was a good um, promotion for me yeah. a good step up and again it was a small indie which I just kind of had it in my mind that I wanted to be in a small yeah. independent entrepreneurial environment I think having my time working at Virgin you know uh, in its sort of start up kind of yeah um, suited you it suited me and I liked it and I and I always also, I also and I, I don't know really where I got this kind of sense from because I don't know what, but I kind of got the feeling that I would just be able to get on much better yeah. and quicker and learn more in that kind of environment mm. it was something that I sort of recognized at quite a young age um and and so that was that so I spent uh, a year there and then and this is kind of where my CV's been you know if someone wants to look at my CV a few and I actually used to get this feedback quite a lot in that it was quite sort of Um, unconventional Mm. and non-linear I mean that's a really good thing now but at the time it was not a good thing at all and And what
0: did you used to say to people when they said that?
1: well uh, yeah they would question it but I mean I think I think for me I can't even I, I can't really even think I never really struggled to get roles because I often would end up going back and working with someone I'd worked with before. So it didn't really, it wasn't really an issue. It wasn't until later on in my career when I decided I wanted to be more in the planning and strategy Mm. side that suddenly things became much tougher. Because prior to that, my roles were all fairly management yeah. Driven and organisational. So I started off in account management. Now went into production. You know, first pre-production oh, okay. and then event wow. production. And then I went back into account handling. And actually, there's lots of transferable oh my God, skills. I was say, yeah, because
0: a lot of producers sometimes. Yeah, they, both, right? they do. And actually,
1: in, in in after my time at D M B and actually went back to work for. Um, one of the the, the the mentors I had at Billington now mm. uh, for a period of time, and then I went to work with another one. So, you know, what I had champions. I had yeah. people that really championed my career, like not That's just from great. the beginning but throughout, yeah. which was incredible for mm. me because it gave me all sorts of opportunities that I probably wouldn't have had because yeah. my CV was so unconventional. First of all, I didn't have a degree. Then I was kind of zigzagging all over the place. But I had people... That kind of knew me yeah. and had that were progressive minded and could just what they were buying was sort of hunger and yeah. enthusiasm and, and, clients, and, and that, curiosity yeah. and energy. And so so I was lucky in that sense that mm. it wasn't really an issue. It didn't yeah. it wasn't a problem because I would get these opportunities. Yeah. Um then I spent probably a lot of my formative years past sort of Billington and at a company called Exposure oh yeah. yeah so and actually that was a guy with Tim Bourne who was actually uh, my mentor one of my mentors right. at Billington Cartmel. he was one of the directors there at the time mm. and uh, he he really he's been a, a big um influence I would say in my career right. over a number of, of years and he's a very inspiring guy and um and he'd set he'd gone into partnership with with uh, um, uh, the original founder of Exposure and at the time they were like incredibly progressive agency Mm. I mean a lot of the stuff that people are doing now they were doing way ahead of their time Um, kind of music marketing and kind of content driven kind of influencer stuff all that kind of stuff so it was a really exciting place to be Mm -hmm. and again there were like 30 people and growing so again sort of you know, being in yeah, a business that's the, so, the startup yeah. mentality. And, um, and so that was a really, I and mean, I spent many, many years exposure yeah. on and off. I'd leave and, and come back. And so I started off in an event, sort of, well, production role. Yeah. So it was sort of across a, a hybrid between print and event production. Right. And then I moved into more of a classic account handling role. Um, but as I got more senior in the organization and the nature of, um, Particularly, you know, in those businesses at that time, they didn't have planners. Yeah. You know, as you became more strategic, as uh, more senior as a suit, mm-hmm. you became more took sort of the strategic lead on the account. Yeah. And, um, so I, I sort of naturally moved towards more of a strategic role. Interesting. And that's when I thought, actually, this is, I enjoy the strategy. I yeah. I don't really want to deliver campaigns anymore. I don't want to manage mm project through i want to do the strategy
0: interesting um, because you didn't really have
1: background in that no, background no 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 not at all not at all, not you at all. Thought, i love this yeah make this happen yeah so make again it. it's like, i've spent my whole career yeah. sort of doing that and it's a bit of like oh this this looks interesting so and i think you know like a lot of businesses of their type at that time it's very right. yes. different now um it was they were very they're again very progressive in the way they work they didn't have classic department didn't have no. classic planning classic creative yeah. classic you, you can't do that if you're in a startup merger. no and it yeah. was just you know as a as a sort of senior suit you'd be coming up with ideas you'd be developing the strategy yeah. you'd be working with you know um, and, and they had that kind of very kind of fluid, fluid way, way yeah. of doing things so so in time i realized that actually it's the strategy that, that yeah. i'm most interested in and i and i, and I um moved much more towards that um, I did find it quite difficult after I left Exposure finding another agency that I felt that committed to mm. and that engaged with because it was so unusual as a business. Interesting. It was really yeah. unusual, and what I found was the way they their model was unusual. Their sort of what was required of you as mm. as a, as a uh, employee as yeah. an employee was really different. So. Everywhere else was quite silent. Well, you're either a planner yes, or you're right? a creative oh or you're a God. suit or you do event her? production or you do, you yeah, know, above, above the line. Above the line. Yeah. And it was a bit like, well, I've kind of done a bit of everything and I yeah. don't want to... Just be pigeonholed. Be pigeonholed. Yeah. And I actually, you know... So I found it quite difficult and I tried a few different places and I never, again, felt, never quite felt at no. home. So I decided to kind of freelance and consult. Because right. actually what was happening at the time was... People were starting to recognise the importance of integration, mm. this whole media neutrality, you know, That's the right. kind of, you know, sort of multiple touch point consumers yeah. and all that sort of stuff. And and you had ad agencies that didn't really kind of understand yeah. it. Um, and lots of organisations. And experiential was another area that I was um, had a lot of experience in, um, which I'd, I'd had a. Exposure. So, I actually had quite a niche yeah. in terms of my experience, what I found. And that's
0: why you found the freelancing. The like, free-la- yeah, I mean, I, yeah. that's why I went into freelance. Yeah. It's, it's a great way of sort of really pushing your skills and not yeah. being in a box.
1: Absolutely. And I yeah. think what I found was, you know, and I did go for permanent roles, but there wasn't anywhere that probably needed mm. what I could do like permanently and yeah. constantly. They would just need a little bit of that's support right. and here or a bit of support there. So, and actually what I really did find is that's when my lack of degree really became an issue right. okay. actually because I was initially looking for planning roles mm. and that was you know I'd worked for 15, 20 or yeah. 10, 15 years or yeah. I, I, yeah, <laughs> probably more which showing my age now um, but people were still sort of concerned about where I'd gone to uni, uni had and, and did I have yeah. a degree, and so so that's where I started to really, for the first time in my career. Well, there's a couple of things that I think impacted my career was was having children. Yes, I was going to ask you about yeah, that. Yeah, I mean that was another thing that drove me towards freelance. Yeah. to be honest, as well actually, was I didn't I've never felt like being a woman has held me back no. ever until I had children.
0: Interesting. And that yeah. then
1: I did suddenly start. In
0: what way? that had um, back because of the... Balance. balance yeah. The ability
1: to be a mum and, you know, spend much-needed time with my very young children yeah. whilst also balancing a very demanding career job. and yeah. job. Yeah. yeah. And for me, I just couldn't do both. No. I couldn't do both. And I think it was partly... I don't think there was anything ever explicitly kind of said, said but yes. you feel it. Course, you feel yeah. it. When you work in an organisation and you see... People go off and have a baby, and then either not come back or That's suddenly like, they're be marginalised. Yeah. Or so I I like in I kind of instinctively felt that this you can't have both. Yeah. Um. So I I made a conscious decision to kind of go my own way. Yeah. With it, because um, I just wasn't prepared to compromise no, either course. actually yeah either it's my a shame career or... that you had
0: to do that and it's still a shame unfortunately that this industry doesn't give that kind of flexibility no, absolutely for women. and it's I think
1: just... for me again that's something that's really informed how I, we run the agency mm. today because these are all experiences that I've had and what I know and I've got lots of girlfriends who've had you know not to do similar experiences but I've seen them go on to be their best career selves since having children yes, they've and all gone on to do amazing things yeah. it's not, there's not one of them where it's really unless they've chosen mm. they've, they've decided consciously that yeah. they don't want that and that's absolutely fine and fair enough but all of my friends who have maintained that kind of career focus are, are fantastic mums and they're doing brilliantly in their career yeah. and, and it doesn't always require working till ridiculous hours of every course night not. and, and that you know so and actually, I've learned that that can be very counterproductive as well. You know, when you're young and you haven't got kind of all these other commitments. And also, if you're in an environment that, which I was lucky enough to be, yeah. where you love what you're doing, it's a great culture, it's a great energy, you don't really mind working no, that's right. all those hours. It's, you know, but then, you know, your priorities do change, yeah. but what it doesn't mean is that you're, you, you're, you're, you're no good. longer, no. you're no longer skilled. And actually, I've done my best work yeah, of course. since I've yeah. been a mum. So um and what it's what I've also realised is how actually unproductive the way I worked was. Yeah. Actually.
0: Well sometimes staying later just doesn't just just relaxing, being with your family, yeah. you can yeah. solve problems ten yeah. times better.
1: I mean the amounts like, of so. the hours that I lost or the day like feeling overwhelmed, couldn't think straight, yeah. or just being hungover. Yeah. But you yeah. know, <laughs> is <laughs> <that> <laughs> yeah. and no, you, like kind it, of you know it. so so it, it really is, a, I know, yes. it's an absolute fallacy to think that, uh, you know, whilst maybe women's priorities do change, yeah. not all women, but some, yeah. their, their their ability to do doesn't. And actually, no. they're often more productive, I Yeah, because you
0: mentioned that some of your friends have been their best career sales. Yeah. In what ways? What have they done?
1: Well, they've reached, you know, they've reached kind of peaks in their mm. career, you know, very, very senior positions, big, big kind of roles yeah. and they've you know and they've, yeah. and they've done that alongside being great mums, you yeah. know. Yeah, and do
0: you think there's something that happens when you do have a child children that just thinks, do you know what, I, I have to cut the bullshit, need yeah. to go straight you to do. the point. And you do, I think
1: I think and also you learn a lot, like multitasking, yeah. you know, thinking on the spot, you know, you acquire all these new skills mm. as a mum that you just didn't have yeah. before Absolutely. you had children and you know, being creative, because you have to be creative with your mm. kids. You know, it's just... that They're naturally creative and inquisitive. and, and it, you know, you learn a lot. Absolutely. You learn a lot. You develop and grow as a mum.
0: Yeah, and um, I'm sure anyone hearing this would go, but I would be mortified to have kids... And then going to freelance, because freelancing doesn't give you that kind security. of yeah. security. I mean, I was very
1: lucky that I had a partner, yeah. to be honest with you. And I, you know, not everyone's in that position no. at all. I was very lucky to have a partner who could Support cover you. cover yeah. the bills. And so actually, if I worked, great. If I didn't, I no problem. I, yeah. I've never had problems ever working. I've always got work, yeah. to be honest with you. I think it's a different market now, and it's yeah. much, much tougher. But I never really had that problem. But it was... It was reassuring knowing.
0: Yeah, of course. I, I so had the safety net, and
1: I know not everyone has, has that. that. Yeah. So I was lucky.
0: Yeah, I do. I do think the freelance market is getting.
1: Yeah, actually, probably business. is. Now. Yeah, now. Yeah, actually, and, and yeah.
0: people kind of like it. But there yeah. is—it is a shame that flexibility can only be found through freelancing.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think not every business is like that, but you know, and I I, I run all the you know I run all the pitches here, yeah. uh, so if you're pitching, it is it comes with the territory. Yeah. You do. You just have to put oh, do yeah, long okay, hours. Yes. But I think for me it's a culture of is that's different to a culture of just yeah. sweatshop, long that's long right. hour culture. Yeah. And everyone can, you know, anyone and everyone can find alternative childcare arrangements or, you know, yes. if you need to every now and then. Of course. And it's just not considered like no. just well, it's one of the mill yeah. you know, you should be here. And actually, you know, again, you know, these are these are kind of cultural things that we've we've put into the business is you can make that time up. Mm. There's downtime. There are periods when you can go, okay, I'm going to leave early and I'm going to go see the, the kids so up from home. From, from home. And it's from school, sorry. And it, and it is really important. So I think it's a, it's about balance um, and flexibility. Balance and flexibility more than it is about, I've got to be out of here at six o'clock every night. Yeah. I've got to be out of here at five o'clock. Yeah. And I'm never going to do a late of night course. again. And, and I think that is, that's, that's the headset shift. I think some. Businesses need to make yeah that's right. is they think well you know it, it's not it? you know it's 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 just it's not viable to be working every single night.
0: Trusting your employees, you yeah. know they're here because they love their work. You know they're not here to just you know yeah. take the piss. Yeah, absolutely. So therefore, if you trust them and you say yeah. hey yeah go home this afternoon yeah. and you're not busy but yeah. they'll just do the work
1: yeah. more. Or you look at results and output. Yes, yeah, you right. know you judge on output. You know it's I mean. It's yeah. about being productive, isn't it? It's not about the hours you put in. No, you know. And when you've agree. got years and years of experience, you, do think you get fantastic. to things much quicker. You get to things much yeah. quicker. So yeah, I think what it does is it just it, it you become a lot more focused in yeah. some ways because you're right, you cut you cut all the bullshit. Yeah, cut the bullshit. And you're not hung over from no. there. <laughs> Every other week or every day yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so. did you
0: decide to go to Quiet Storm whilst after freeancing? That right. That? Well, no. So this is
1: a really quite an interesting, I uh, interesting story. But I so of, Trevor and I married. Yeah. Uh, he obviously founded the agency. Quite. Twenty five years. Quiet Storm. Twenty five years ago. Um, I we always said we'd never work together. Yeah. Uh, that was the kind of <laughs> the, the decision we both made consciously because actually in many ways it it made sense to potentially sort of do something together because the market was moving much more towards integration and kind of media Mm. neutrality and all that sort of stuff, which is my background. Um, And it it, it kind of sort of would have made sense actually for us to sort of sit down and go, actually, there's a real, there's a good kind of synergy going on here. But we did kind of decide, look, it's probably not a good idea. (laughs) <laughs> um, to mix business with pleasure um, but I, I did say I'd come in and help him on a pitch right. so that's how it all started um, Amazing. so yeah so I came <laughs> in to help him on a pitch and I never left, it basically. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so that's it. Seven years later, I'm still here. Seven years, yeah. seven years ago, you yeah. were like, right, yeah. was we'll he the
0: one saying, I really need your help, you
1: should try and... Yeah, I mean, I think it just sort of happened. I mean, during the time that I was working... So, so we won the, the business. I came in to work on the pitch. Yeah. We won the business. I agreed that I'd help sort of bed the client in. Right. Alongside that, we were kind of going into, at that time, going into a joint venture with okay. um, Inferno at the time, who are now FCB mm. Inferno. Um, and the idea was that I would help transition I see. him into the business. And again, that, that that decision was, again, based on providing a more full integrated yes. service uh, for the business. And obviously, they were very much... They'd come mm. originally, I think, from much more kind of below-the-line background and have yeah. since gone on to do right. some fantastic advertising. And But at the time, I think their, their, their history or background was around sort of retail below and below-the-line like. and stuff like that. Know. So... Um, and then they—they're obviously much, um, you know. They had, a, you know, a kind of a much sort of bigger service offer, and so for, it felt like a really good synergy mm. between um, the two businesses. And and then obviously, so I, so the decision was that I would go in and help um, sort of settle the business yeah. in, bed him in, and then they would kind of help put in a management team in place, yeah. and and then actually, as time went on, it just. It, worked. it just didn't make sense for me to go. It yeah. was just kind of working. So it just. Um, so yeah, so I ended up. And how old were your
0: children at a time. So they
1: were, they were pretty young. They yeah. were, I think they were about four, four or five. I and mean, they're very close together. I have them very close okay. together. It's another that like, I wouldn't recommend you and do really, at all. So funny, <laughs> it wasn't planned right. at all. Nobody does it. I, I was pregnant. I was pregnant again within four months. My son was four months wow. old. When I, was pregnant was I don't know how that happened. <laughs> Um, I had it, yes. Yeah, so, um, so they were very young. Yeah,
0: but obviously, working with your husband is a little bit easier in the sense that you're able to say, "Well, I'm going to go home." Yeah, I mean, to be well, honest, in some
1: ways, in some ways, it's harder because we get caught up in the same meetings. But I have, I have, right. I've always had very good childcare. Always, exactly. always had really, really good childcare. Mm. And again, I'm lucky because mm. not everyone is in a position to do that. To, to but I don't know how I could have done it. No. I honestly do not know how I could no, have done it without great, both. without great childcare um but you know i do have the flexibility to work from home and take mornings off and because you know it's my own business but but you know you think that you're going to get all this kind of but actually sometimes it's harder in a way um but i have you know we we've invested in really good childcare. um so i so anyway so we were in a sort of joint venture with inferno they got then got bought by ipg and then we decided you know what that's not for us um i've managed to avoid global networks for most of my career Mm -hmm. to be honest Mm -hmm. with you and it you know it, it wasn't about to start. It's just, it just wasn't going to start it. then. So we um, so we went off and um, we bought ourselves back, and right. we've been kind of fully independent mm, ever since. since. Ever since yeah, back to amazing. being independent
0: and. Obviously, it's quite an obvious question, which is you know, what's it like working with your husband on a day-to-day basis? Do you sometimes yeah. want to strangle him or? Yeah, okay? I mean, we
1: bicker. We really? do bicker a lot, I and mean, <laughs> just we really drive everybody mad. And there's some real positives, and there's obviously of it's yeah, obviously it's it's kind of challenging because um, there's all the kind of emotional stuff that comes in, and you can't you can't really help that. Yeah. You have a certain dynamic as a couple that you wouldn't have with a colleague. No. Absolutely. Um, you know, so that that does sort of intensify some of the emotions and the dynamics. Yeah. But what's really good is you've got two people who are not afraid to challenge each other, yeah. who are not afraid to say, actually, yeah. that's wrong, what you're doing is wrong, and that's not, you know, or I disagree with you, or, you know, and, and yes, that does happen, obviously, in, in fair, in even strong business partnerships, but... There's just something a little bit more oh. honest about it when you're couples. You that you don't hold back. Some, you know, bullshit, no No, yeah. there really isn't, yeah. and you sometimes just need to be told when you're being yeah. a dick. <laughs> <I> Excuse <swear to laughs> my language. Well, no, i to swear. Yeah, of you know, and your partner will tell you that. Yeah. So you know, it's on really both important. both sides, yeah, both yeah. accounts. So it kind of does, <laughs> and we both we're obviously both really super invested. Yeah. In the business, and it's not it's personal. Yes. It's really personal. You know, personal on every level. Personal in terms of. Is you your know, it's our baby. Yeah. You trust spent twenty-five years of his life building mm. this business. You know, and I and I'm very, very conscious of that. I, yeah. I treat it with that same kind of love, respect, respect yeah. that he he has. Yeah. He's given up twenty five years of his mm. life for it. And you know, whilst you know, whilst I've not had that history with the business, I've got that same yeah. kind of uh passion. For passion for it. it. Yeah. And and yeah. So And would you
0: say that you're two very driven people as well, and the fact that you have similar sort of ways of seeing the business yeah. helps. I mean, well, I, I, we don't
1: necessarily see the business in the oh, same okay, way, to be honest with you. We don't, because he's a creative. Yeah. And quite rightly, he should be thinking about the creative. The work creative. Work and absolutely, that's what... Sort of, and I mean, really, he should be just yeah. doing that, because if he's distracted by everything else, the yeah. creative will suffer. Um, but he, but I run the business, yeah. you know, so there's sometimes a conflict with, with those two things. And I think... Um, which naturally does yeah. occur. So, what we what we do is we have very very shared value. We've got very shared values. Yeah, like what? That that. So the way we the culture. Yeah. You know how our philosophy. Um, what we you know our general sense of kind of what's right and wrong in terms of how we treat staff in yeah. terms of, you know our our approach to client mm. relationships. You know. Can you um, expand
0: on those points a bit more in terms well, of your? culture? yeah. I mean, I think
1: I think yeah. we're both. We're both, given the backgrounds we've both come from, mm. you know, trust come from a, you know, kind of marginalised background, as have I yeah. in some ways. So that def- that really informs the type of people we hire. Mm-hmm. So we don't look at conventional no. people at all right. when we hire. That's
0: brilliant. We look at
1: attitude, we look yeah. at Passion, what they can bring that's yeah. different, you know, and we've always, always had... A lot of diversity in the agency. Instinctively, you know, we get asked about diversity policies, and and I'm like, it just happens naturally because we just think, like, yeah. So we share that that kind of sense of of, you know, um, vision vision Mm. in that sense. We both really care about the creative work. You know, you know, I I even though I've never been a a creative as such, I've worked in always worked in creative environments, and I've been part of the creative process in my career where you come up with ideas you really appreciate the value of the creative so we're both um kind of respect you know really respect the creative kind of um the importance of the creative um just in terms of how we how we sort of treat people as well you know how we what we expect of people and what we think's wrong Mm. and what's right and what's when we're pushing people too far or, you know, yeah. too much. I think we both have a genuine sort of care yeah. for people and That's we don't great. want, you know, um, people to... You know, we want our staff to love yeah. what they're doing and be passionate about what they're doing and not feel yeah. kind of burnt out or mistreated. And yeah. so I think we share that as well. Um, we also, like, just in terms of what's important to us, we've never been like, we've got to be 100 people, we've got to be 200 people, yeah. we've got to grow, grow, grow at the cost of everything else you know um, and we both share that value as well so I think that's where there's real harmony Mm. is our vision for the business and, and our sort of deep values. Would you
0: say that it's almost like you are you stand outside of the con- kind of convention of advertising in- uh, agencies who, some of them are not as diverse and yeah. like
1: to sort of... I think we've always done things yeah. differently. I've always done things differently in my life, yeah. in my career. Trev's always done things yeah. differently. I mean, when he founded the agency, that model just did not exist, no. you know. It, again, it's that, well, why can't we do yeah. that? All why those th- rules all about
0: those going rules. back to
1: your university yeah, degree absolutely. As well, yeah. So, so... He, he's, he's been breaking the rules since yes. day one like tango I mm-hmm. mean people were not doing ads like, well it was it, it was probably the start of that kind of right. movement if you like but it was very sort of step changing and, and groundbreaking yes. that, that whole Hal Henry period and all that kind of work that was coming out of Hal Henry you know it's again it's just breaking the rules, the rules. and again Trev's yeah. Trev's come from a background, he shouldn't necessarily even be in this business, given his background, really. Mm, yeah. He wasn't sort of destined to be in this business in any shape or form. And he's he's sort of, yeah, so I think we've, we've always kind of gone against the grain yeah. in, our, in our families, in our lives, yeah. in our ways of doing things. So we share that as yeah, well. absolutely. Um, we don't you Know, want to do things the way oh, it's everyone wants to do it and thinks is the right way of doing it. Yeah, we want to do great work that we're really proud of, make a decent living, yeah, and enjoy ourselves, you know.
0: And on that, where where do you see yourself next? Because that um, sounds like a pretty good little model, yeah, that, yeah. I yeah. To
1: be honest with you, it's always about how we can be doing better, it's yeah. always about that. How can we be doing better work? How can we be? building more, deeper, mm. more meaningful client relationships. How can we, you know, be, you know, hiring and retaining the best talent? Yes. It's, it's always really been about that. And we tend to focus more on that than... Because I think you do all that and the rest yeah. will follow, really, yeah. rather than just being all fixed money. on... Being yeah. on a certain size and being at a certain turnover. Yeah. And being at a, it's always been about just being the best that we can be mm. and then, you know,
0: no, that's really allowing that
1: to, to reap yeah. the benefits of it.
0: And do you, you see yourself still being a kind of small agency then?
1: Ne- I mean, neither of us have <laughs> ever wanted to be huge, yeah, to honest yeah. with you. And I think, you know, I've always been drawn to small indies. I've yeah. seen what happens to them when they become bigger. They do change, yeah. you know, and it's great that, 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 you know, in terms of the money and the profit, mm. and, but they change culturally. Yeah, it's yeah. very, very hard to retain that. Um... So I'm not, of course, yes. it's fantastic. You know, you want to be, you know, doing really well and prospering. And, of course, and with that comes growth. So, of yes. course, I'm not going to suggest that I, we don't want that. Of course we do. But it not, not at all costs. Yes. Not, at, not at all costs. Yeah, it's lovely
0: to have yeah. these kind of rules, et And yeah. um, would you have any sort of parting sort of advice for anyone that's sort of listening to your story specifically? Yeah.
1: You know what, I've, I've thought about my career over the years and there have been a number of situations where it's got tough mm. it's got really really tough and I've probably given up on on it right. too soon and that' is, whether that's been a job a role right. uh, you know uh, you know um, a client relationship and and just having that so so I, and I, I think ultimately it's not had a negative impact no. ultimately it hasn't and I think I've always kind of I say landed on my feet, but I've I've always managed to kind of pull it round, and I yeah. think this is something I think it's a quality that you kind of. We all have those periods where you know you're having a tough time. You're losing pictures yes. back to back. You're losing Absolutely. clients yeah. that you've worked that you do done brilliant work for, and you know yeah. and you can't really understand why. What more you know. So we all have those moments mm. where it just you it's just so kind of tough. it's so tough, and you just feel like why am I doing this? Yeah. And I think it's learning how to get through those periods. Yeah. Because um, right. I cause in the past I've probably given up in situations like that. I think since I've run my own business, you can't, you can't walk away. Can't, and I think that is it. And I think that's the thing I've learned yeah. in the last seven years. I think if this wasn't my business, I could have walked away yeah, a number right. of times actually, but I haven't. And and actually, you come out the other side. And you come out often better. Yeah, it's enriching. Better from a from yeah. a also better off from a business perspective because you learn. You learn yeah. so much. So I think persistence maybe more resilient a bit of both persistence and resilience because that that's something I've really learned in the last point of my career that I wish I knew earlier and who knows where yeah I think it's a great piece
0: of piece of advice and I think anyone even if they don't have their own company should aspire to do that because it's always going to get tough right it is absolutely the more you can just sort of go well okay
1: yeah. Just let's keep going. Yeah, and it, it, you always come out the other side. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to know when to give up. And it's not about just relentlessly sticking in something that probably no. isn't good for you. But it's knowing when you're giving up because it really is the right thing to do, rather than just because you're fed up and terrified. Yeah. And don't have, you know, don't believe in yourself to get through it.
0: That's so true. And I think it's also to do, trust your gut because your yeah, gut will yeah. tell you if you are trying yeah. to sort of pick up <laughs> before it's in it. Yeah. But, yeah, well, that's a great piece of advice. And on that note, I think that would be a great way to end this podcast. So thank you so well, thank much. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of This Way Up. I hope you enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Please look out for more empowering interviews in the weeks to come. Now, I have a couple of special favours to ask. Firstly, if you've enjoyed this conversation, then please subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. It really helps generate exposure for the podcast and allows a wider audience to get access to these really important topics. Secondly, if you know of anyone else that would enjoy this show and benefits from the topics I cover, then do please share the podcast. Um, By sharing this with just a couple of people, it will just help spread the good message and hopefully support the women this podcast was designed to reach. Finally, if you can follow This Way Up podcast, or one word, on Instagram, you'll get notified of future episodes. And the idea is that together we can build a powerful community and hopefully start to change the creative industry. That's it from me. Until next time.